Through the woodland, through the valley Comes a horseman wild and free Tilting at the windmills passing Who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild but he is mellow He is strong but he is weak He is cruel but he is gentle He is wise but he is meek Reaching for his saddlebag He takes a battered book into his hand Hey everybody, welcome to Jagged Little Mill, a Don Quixote podcast by the folks who bring you overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and we're both men of La Mancha once again. Once again, we are here in Renaissance Spain. What is the the voice you almost did there? I I could tell you backed away from it, and I just am curious about the creative thinking there. I don't really know. I was moved. I was possessed mm-hmm. by an enchanter mm-hmm. uh, who be, the great Bambino or whatever <laughs> Don Quixote calls him. This is our long read project. We're reading chunks of Miguel de Cervantes's Don Quixote translated by Edith Grossman a few at a time. This is our third episode. Andrew, uh, let the people at home know if they haven't read in their pod catcher of choice uh, what chapters we're talking about today? We're talking about chapters fifteen to twenty-one. Excellent. That includes that includes twenty-one. Yes, it doesn't end at twenty-one. Excellent. So if you haven't yeah. done the reading, pause the podcast. Yeah, you gotta go do it. The long read ones we read really slowly, so you can keep up. So you do. We do expect you to keep up. <laughs> um, I do have a quick last time on for us, Andrew, um, because of course we are reading a I can't like a parody. Of chivalric heraldry hero novels for yes, anybody who's just and joining also, us, isn't it popularly known as like one of the earliest modern novels or something at all? Like that? Let alone, yeah. yes, sure. Um, last time on our erstwhile hero, uh, Don Quixote, man, he's of still the hero. He's not. He's not formerly the hero. Oh, is that what erstwhile means? Yeah, erstwhile police here. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Sorry. First while means that it used to be a thing, <laughs> not that it is like sort of a thing. Not that that is like a thing that is worthy of consideration or noteworthy in some way. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was taken home <laughs> after he got into some bad adventures, and everybody who works for him and hangs out with him was like, "Yo, you can't be a knight. We're gonna burn all your night books while you're asleep." And he woke up and was like, "No, I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna recruit my neighbor." Uh, the goofus Sancho Panza, mm-hmm. and he's going to be my squire. We're going to go on adventures. He beat up some people, uh, a Basque included. He didn't quite win that fight cleanly. He came closer. Well, it's the only fight that they talk about him getting a getting a win out of. Yeah, even though sure. he did have like half his ear torn off in the process. In the middle of that fight, we got our first big meta textual moment. Where Cervantes was like, hey, listen, this is where I actually ran out of the story and I had to go to the Middle East and buy a new copy <laughs> or something. I had to find, I've, mis- not mistakenly, what's the word I want? I, uh, serendipity. I yes. serendipitously found an Arabic copy of the rest of the book. And so I paid somebody a bunch of raisins and wheat to translate it for me. And so what you're going to read from here is that thank you sid hamet bunangeli mm-hmm. um and then we close on post the basque fight 
We hang out with goat herds for a few chapters. Some people give Don Quixote a hard time about what it is to be a knight. Uh, we learn about this woman, Marcella, who's so beautiful. She makes everyone sad with love. And one guy named Gristosimo, who was so sad he died. And uh, Quixote vows to defend... <laughs> Poor Gristosimo, whatever his name is. <laughs> just, like, died of being friend-zoned, we're led to believe. Yes. Um, and then she comes out of the woods and is like, that is stupid. Yep. Marcella rules. <laughs> It's not my fault that he really likes me, even though I told him no over and over again. Okay, bye. So she disappears, and we don't, we don't see her again, and that's where we kind of left off. Yeah, with like Don with, Quixote does his one kind of halfway decent thing where he's like, "Listen to the lady, don't go after her." And then he does go after her though, because he's different. He does, and of course, as we pick up in chapter fifteen, he and Sancho Panza do not find her. <laughs> No, they don't. They're pretty bad at finding things in general. Yeah. And so they look around in the woods for a while. They have no luck. They do discover like a bunch of Galician ponies. And And you know who likes the Galician pony, apparently, is Rocinante. (laughs) Don Quixote's beater horse (laughs) is horny. And he goes for it. As it happened, Rosinante felt the desire to pleasure himself with the ladies, and as soon as he picked up their scent, he abandoned his natural ways and customs, did not ask permission of his owner, broke into a brisk little trot, and went off to communicate his need to them. Um, so he's read that book, The Game, apparently Rosinante has. Yeah, Rosinante's a pickup horse. <laughs> and so while he's trying to do this, all the guys who like own these ponies... Are like, hey, stop doing that. And then Don Quixote, as he is wont to do, rushes in one man among like at least a, like a dozen, right? Yeah, yeah. And they all beat the crap out of him with sticks. And I don't remember, this is going to be a theme of this episode and I think for this book going forward. I don't remember exactly what excuse he comes up with in this case to avoid saying that he got his butt kicked. But he does always have something. It's it's never just a case of I'm an idiot and I got my butt kicked. This it's one, like I was enchanted and so I couldn't like get out of my saddle, et cetera, et cetera. This one I think is the Sancho Panza. These men are not noble gentlemen. I shouldn't fight them. Sancho Panza, you need to fight them. And then that doesn't happen. They get beat up. And he's like, Sancho, you should have beat those people up. Uh, And Sancho, while they're laying on the ground wounded, Sancho's like, how often are we going to get beat up? Like, Yeah, they do have kind of a long conversation about like the virtues of getting the tar beat out of you like four times a day. (laughs) And Don Quixote's response is like, listen, being a knight is dangerous. Like, we're going to get beat up. That's just how it goes. Uh, put me on your donkey and let's get out of here. Because <laughs> they did beat up Rosinante also. So, like, Rosinante can't carry him for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they all got beat up. And it's not clear how much time has passed between now and when Don Quixote got beat up by the windmills or when he got his ear torn off by the Basque. Like, this is all happening in pretty rapid yeah, succession. Some Looney Tune physics going on here. Um, they They head off to an inn on the road and on their way. Uh, they have a, a little debate about it's an inn, it's a castle, it's a moon, it's a space station, uh, that sort of thing. And 
Cervantes notes that the innkeeper that they encounter was um, unnatu- unnaturally, as far as innkeepers go, naturally charitable and wanted to take <laughs> care of them. Um, and there's this young woman, Mera Tornes the Asturian, who is like one of the servants there. And Don Quixote, you know, he thinks this is a castle, so he thinks she's the princess. At one point, she's like, "What's an adventure? What is an adventuring knight?" Which seems to make everyone a little confused and upset. Uh huh. Um, and Sancho's like, "Listen, this is my master. He's going to make me a count." And they're like, "Well, why aren't you a count yet?" And he's like, "It's been a month." And there's a footnote that says, "It's been three days." <laughs> uh, and Don Quixote is like telling this servant girl that she's super hot, and if only he weren't. You know, man, he does have someone that he loves so much, but wow, she's really cool and good to see her. And everyone is very confused because I think, you know, they regard her as a lowly servant girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is odd. So this then we get into this um like weird Goldilocks bed brawl situation that happens. It's even, it's, I don't even know if it's Goldilocks. It's like some weird slapsticky thing where she like sneaks into the room to be with somebody, but like Don Quixote feels her up instead, or there's, Sancho does. I don't remember a couple which one it is, but beds in like the adjoining barn or or something. There's a goat herd there that she's gonna bone down because he asked her to. And Don Quixote and Sancho are in there lying in bed in too much pain to fall asleep. On account of the butt kicking that they were given earlier, yes. And she comes in, and he's like, oh, no. This woman's going to come in and try and make me sleep with her. Because (laughs) clearly she's in love with me because I'm Don Quixote, man of La Mancha. And and it's dark, and she can't see. So she's kind of fumbling past the beds, and he just grabs her. And he's Mm -hmm. like, listen, I will never love you. This is impossible. (laughs) I can't. And this, of course startles the mule driver who wakes up and starts beating the crap out of Don Quixote. Uh, The servant girl jumps into Sancho's bed out of fear. He's confused and just starts punching. So they punch each other for a little while. And then a cop comes in Mm -hmm. uh, of the Holy Brotherhood. And he's like, what's happening? And he looks at Don Quixote who's been knocked out. He's like, this guy's dead. Everyone stop it. And he's like, I go, I got to get a lantern, and everyone just kind of like hides as if nothing happened. Um, and while they're waiting for the cop to come back, I think there's a beat where Don Quixote and Sancho are talking to each other, and Don Quixote's like, "Yo, the lady came to me, and then a giant punched me in the face." Yes, yeah, it's giants <laughs> again. This is the this is today's reason why. Well, this evening's reason why he didn't just get his butt kicked by another human person. <laughs> and Don, and Sancho Panza's like, no, did you see when 400 dudes beat me up? They're clearly, you know, trying to make each other feel bad about what's going on. Um, so the guy comes, wait, the, the, and then the guy comes back with the lamp, right? Um, what I, I've, I'm trying to remember when the cop comes back. Yeah, the cop comes back and hits Don Quixote in the head. Yeah, well, he's basically a cop. He's of the Holy Brotherhood. He's of the like the church police. He's like a pre... Okay, maybe he's a cop. I don't know. Yeah, he's like a, um, a sheriff he, or something. But he comes into the he comes into the room with the lantern that he went to get, right? And 
he goes up to Don Quixote and he says, quote, well, how goes it, my good man? And Don Quixote gets mad that he's not addressed a knight properly mm. and then calls him adult. And then the cop takes the lamp and smacks Don Quixote on the head with it and leaves. So that's the... the <laughs> I think that's the sum total of physical abuse they receive in this inn before they take their magic healing potion. Yes. I keep calling him a cop because the our translation refers to him as an officer multiple times. So mm-hmm. And other summaries that I checked against refer to him as... a version of a cop and so yeah so he's not giving don quixote any respect then they drink their magic puke and poop potion so it's supposed to be like a healing potion yes (laughs) but sancho panza in particular like don quixote seems to handle it okay he he pukes a little bit i think yeah but like the way the way that sancho's body reacts to this is is quite something right uh yeah do you want the quote Ah, uh, man, I thought I had it, but sure. Give it At to me. this point, the concoction took effect. Um, oh, okay. So Sancho is upset because he's already feeling sweaty and nauseous. And Don Quixote is like, oh, sorry. I guess this potion is only for nights. Just for nights. Sorry, only <laughs> for nights. It's daddy's juice. You shouldn't have any. Um, at this point, the concoction took effect and the poor squire began to erupt from both channels and with so much force that the reed mat on which he lay and the canvas blanket that covered him could not be used again. So that's disgusting. <laughs> um, it is only the second like major pooping episode <laughs> involving Sancho that we're going to talk about this yeah. this run. Um, it's so man, wild. That sec- the second one's going to take a while to get there. But anyway, Sancho Panza pu- pukes and poops all over the place and then in the next the next morning they wake up to leave and there's some confusion about whether it's an inn or a castle Don Quixote insists it's a castle the guy who runs the inn says it's an inn and would like Don Quixote to pay him like yeah I don't need you to right any wrongs for me the only thing I need you to do is pay me and then Don Quixote says well this is if this is an inn then you're kind of duty bound to give me a free room because i'm a cool knight okay bye and he leaves (laughs) yup but he doesn't take sancho with them no and sancho tries this argument also and it doesn't go very well for (laughs) a bunch of people like roll him up in a blanket and take him on a roof and play human parachute with him yeah they throw him around in the blanket and something that he complains about more times than don quixote would care to hear about yes and like Don Quixote hears him screaming and like rides back on his horse, but like can't get up on the roof to help him, won't get up on the roof to help him. It's kind of unclear. Later, he blames a spell. Yes. Well, it's the reason he doesn't get up to help him is because he's so sore from getting the crap beat out of him so many times (laughs) in rapid succession that his body can't. He can't get off the saddle. Like, that's the reason given in the book. And then later he works back around to, well, I must have been enchanted or I would have helped you. I really would have, bud. And Sancho is, is a kind of a dim bulb, let's, let's say. But I do think over the course of these chapters, he does steadily seem a little, like, gradually more in on the joke that is Don Quixote. Um, now he is also like sort of hitched his wagon to this guy. So there, you know, the question is always, why don't you just go home, bud? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he 
starts to laugh at him in a way that Don Quixote does occasionally notice uh-huh. and gets mad about. <laughs> yeah, the arc is like Sancho Panza is like, oh, you're a guy who just causes trouble for me and you don't actually seem to know what you're doing. I'm screwed. And then, like, I think by the end of the chapters we're talking about today, he seems to have, like, incepted a plan or thinks maybe he has incepted Don Quixote with a plan that might work out. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. He's um, trying to get Don Quixote to go get a job, basically, <laughs> yes. instead of riding all over the countryside and charging at herds of farm animals all willy-nilly. One of the first is that our next story, or is that? He, um, I think so. Yes, because uh, Sancho Panza is like, "Why are you so bad at being a knight? We haven't won any battles." Um, and Don Quixote is like, "Well, I do need a six sword. Like, I I actually need a really good sword, and I don't have one. Um, and maybe we get you one too." And Sancho's like, "Well, just my luck. It'll be a sword that only you can use. That I'll be screwed again." <laughs> And just as they're arguing about this, which I do appreciate this like trope that gets used all the way back in Cervantes, which is like kind of a good character conversation that then gets just interrupted by like a uh, the encounter of the week, an action kind of set rhythm. Piece. Yeah. yeah, and you have this little bit of character building, and then it gets interrupted by some rising narrative movement. Yes. Um. So the movement in this chapter is that there are two big clouds of dust coming on the horizon. And Don Quixote... either direction, yeah. Yes, Don Quixote's like, these are two giant armies that are colliding. He's got a whole story ready to go. He's got a whole thing about who's leading the armies and who's in each army and what their, you know, what the insignia, like, painted on their shield is and what their helmets look like and what their, like, their... I guess their mottos are like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of, he's got a lot of OCs OCs that, yeah, that Don Quixote (laughs) is creating. (laughs) And it's like, there's a Christian army. He refers to the other army as pagan and says they follow the false prophet Muhammad, which maybe is, he needs to learn what pagan means. I don't really know. Anyway, but he's like, okay, they're fighting. I gotta, I gotta do something about this. I gotta stop Mm. them. I gotta get in there. And uh, just as he is, like, charging in to save the day, uh, through the clouds of dust, Sancho Panza's is like, oh, I think maybe it's a bunch of sheep. I think. I think it's sheep. Donnie, Donnie boy. I think it's sheep. I think it might be sheep. And it's too late. He's already, like, Leroy Jenkinsing into the big crowd of sheep. He has run in. He kills fully seven sheep. <laughs> The book like spells out how many sheep he kills in this charge and it's seven. And so like the, the people who are guarding these sheep, like the shepherds yeah, start to throw rocks and like chestnuts and stuff at Don Quixote. Cause he's this wild guy who's just charged in and he's killing all their farm animals. So he gets hit once and it like knocks something out of his mouth and like breaks a bunch of his teeth. Yeah, he's and trying he to drink more of his poop potion, and they he's like, trying to drink more of his his fun magic laxative, and get and then they break his teeth, and he gets knocked off his horse. And well, look at that! Once again, Don Quixote gets his butt kicked by a bunch of nobodies who then ride off, hoping not to be inconvenienced by him anymore. 
Didn't I tell you, Senor Don Quixote, to come back that it wasn't armies you were attacking, but flocks of sheep? This is how that thieving wise man who is my enemy can make things disappear and seem to be what they are not. You should know, Sancho, that it is very easy for those like him to make us see whatever they wish, and this villain who pursues me, envious of the glory that he saw I would achieve in this battle, has turned the contending armies into flocks of sheep. And he's like, Sancho, if you would just go follow them, you would see that they are giant armies. They turn, they seriously turn back into knights like as soon as they got out of our line of sight. Like, it, don't worry about it. But, it's fine. But I, I can't let you go because I'm missing several of my teeth and I need you to shove your hand in my mouth so I know how many molars I have left. That would be really helpful. Could you tell me about my teeth? Um, and then we got a weird scene where Sancho Panza puts his, te- his hand fully in Don Quixote's mouth and like feels up his gums feels around to see how many teeth he's missing which is a lot i did appreciate when he is like kind of sad about his teeth getting jacked up and he says for i must tell you sancho that a mouth without molars is like a mill without a millstone and dentation is to be valued much more than diamonds (laughs) i Um, mean i gotta imagine the state of dentistry in the 16th century was such that when you lost a tooth, like that was pretty much the game. That was like, probably those, those it. are the only teeth that you had. Um, so then the next section, Andrew, I think is when they think they see ghosts. Yeah. Do you remember what's going on with these ghosts? I don't remember the ghosts. You don't remember the ghosts? I don't remember the ghosts. The next thing I remember is the uh, the scary hammers. Oh, and they yeah. Then they spend all night standing, being scared of this noise, and then it turns out to be nothing. That's well, the next thing I remember. The we before we get there, uh, they're on the road. They see a bunch of guys on the road. They look like ghosts. They've got scary lights. They're not ghosts. They're like priests and mourners, and they're carrying a dead guy. And Don Quixote's like, "Yo, that's probably some famous knight who I need to revenge, huh?" And they're like, "Go away." <laughs> We are busy. Well, I mean, he does charge into them once again, correct? And like breaks some guy's leg and ruins that's, his life. That's after he's like, hey, stop. Tell me. And a guy falls off a horse because his mule is, is so scared. And Don Quixote, then he starts beating people up and they all run away. Yes. And there's a line where Sancho Panza, after watching him beat up a bunch of people who didn't deserve it, Sancho says, no doubt about it, this master of mine is as courageous and brave as he says. And there's <laughs> nothing in the text that tells me whether or not he's being sarcastic, which is kind of fun, because <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe even he doesn't know. Um, and he does talk to this priest, Alonzo, or this guy who's going to be a priest, and he says he's going to be a priest. I think he cops to lying about that pretty much as soon as. <laughs> yes, it's true. It, like it falls apart under the gentlest of follow up. And questioning. Don Quixote's really on this revenge tip. He's like, tell me who killed this guy. And Alonso's like, God killed him with a fever. And Don Quixote's like, well, nothing to do about that. <laughs> Yo, well, time to shrug my shoulders. Um, but do know that my name is, you know, he gives him like his business card. Like, I'm here to right wrongs. And Alonzo says, I don't know how you can speak of righting wrongs, for you have certainly wronged me and broken my leg. Just, I appreciated that. Popeye's nerfect. That's true. Um, you ever think about that, how Popeye's nerfect? I thought about it a lot while I was reading <laughs> uh, about Don Quixote here. 
And so then, okay, this is where we get the phrase that I think in other translations and certainly in the musical, uh, The Man of La Mancha, uh, in other translations, it is Night of the Woeful Countenance. And in our translation, Edith Grossman says, The Night of the Sorrowful Face. (laughs) When, as they're like sending Alonzo on his way, Sancho's like, man, you know, you could tell people who beat them up. You could say the Night of the Sorrowful Face did it. Yeah, because you got your mug is looking real sad. <laughs> it's true. Uh, because you got beat up and you got all your teeth knocked out. And I don't know what it is about your face that looks so sad, but man, you got a sad looking face. And Don Quixote like, doesn't want to even answer that accusation directly. He's just like, hmm, that's a weird thing that you called me. It must be that whoever's going to write the story about me, put that in your brain. <laughs> And on your tongue to say to me, so yes, I will adopt this moniker that I don't like, but I will put a sorrowful face on my shield, which I have to imagine is just like the emoji frowny face, like on a shield. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for Don Quixote. Um, I think he's just, he is excited to have a nickname. Yeah, yeah. He's not thrilled about how he came by it, but... You know, with the right branding, I guess you can make sorrowful face mean a lot of like high minded. Yeah, he's sad about the state stuff. of the world. Yeah, he's, he's sad about all the things he's seen and, and oh, done as, yeah. a, as a knight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just carries a weight around on his shoulders. It's not that like, oh, I got beat up. I'm sad. No. It's like, that's not it. No, it's, I'm sad. I miss my teeth. <laughs> I'm sad. He's all my poop, all my poop potions spilled on the ground. He misses his Dulcinea, is what he would tell you. He his does. eternal love, his girl, his eternal girlfriend who lives in Canada. <laughs> Before Alonzo rides away, he does say, "Hey, because you laid hands on a priest violently, you have been excommunicated." And Don Quixote retorts, "I didn't use my hands; I used a lance. <laughs> Plus, I thought you were demons, so suck it." Um, and then Sancho Panza's like, hey, we got to get out of here. They might come back and kill us. There were like 20 yeah, of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we get to the to the the noise, the scary noise, Andrew. It's a very scary noise, and it's gotten dark, and Sancho doesn't want to go. Like, he's very, very scared of the noise. And so he, like, ties Rosinante's legs up, right? So he can't. He ties them to his mule so that when Don Quixote gets on the horse because Quixote's like, hey, just sit here in the dark for three days. I'll be back. And so when Quixote gets on the horse, the horse won't move because he's tied up. Yes. And so he manages to, to, by convincing him that Rocinante is like tired or doesn't want to go forward, he does convince him not to charge at whatever is making this very loud sound in the dark, in the middle of nowhere. Because, yeah, the, the... one of the times they got beat up, possibly by the shepherds, all their like food and no, it was, it was the, the people at the inn castle took uh, Sancho Panza's saddlebags as payment for the night that they spent <laughs> yes. in the inn and probably all the bedding that they ruined with their poop potion. Yes. <laughs> and so they're starving and they're looking for water. And they hear what sounds sort of like water, but also a scary thumping noise. Scary thumping noise. And so they're standing there waiting. Like Sancho's trying to get him to wait till daybreak to go charge at these, the scary thumping noise. He tells him a weird story first before we get to the worst part. Is this the story where he like (laughs) gets interrupted in the middle and he's like, well, now I don't remember the end. Yes. It's about a guy who has to take some 
goats across the water because he's it's in a the relationship. Person doing like that math problem about yes. that logic puzzle where you can put the sheep and the weed on the boat, but not the fox. But you got to get them all across. <laughs> and then and Sancho's like, "Hey, Don Quixote, like how many?" goats were in the story and i was like i don't care how many goats are in the story why do you want me to tell you how many goats are in the story and so i'm just like that's really important and now i've forgotten the rest of the story he's supposed to keep count of how many goats have been moved across in the story yep. so sancho's basically doing 99 bottles of beer on the wall and he gets down to like 63 and he asked Don Quixote, hey, how many bottles of beer on the wall are there? And Don Quixote says, I don't know. Why is this important? I don't care. And Sandra Ponza says, I don't remember the rest of the story, and I'm not going to tell you the rest of it. The end. It's and he doesn't. Big seven-year-old energy. <laughs> big seven-year-old energy. And then, some. I don't know if this is a seven-year-old thing or what it is that Sancho does, but he he's got a poop. He's very scared. And he doesn't- he's very scared. But well, also got got a poop. He he got a poop, and he doesn't want to leave Don Quixote. Both, I think, because he's scared, and because he's scared that Don Quixote will leave him. Will leave, and will ride off, charging toward the loud noises without him. And so he got a poop, real bad. He <laughs> and me... he stealthily, <laughs> so Don Quixote doesn't hear. He very quietly, stealthily pulls down his pants. And then he sticks his butt out just so, and then he poops everywhere. He does let out a little fart. Yeah, he's trying to do it without making noise, and he's not having a lot of success with that. And Don Quixote's like, what was that noise? And Sandoval is like, don't worry about it, please. <laughs> and then he manages... To, it's It felt like a like a ninth hour of a road trip. We haven't seen a rest stop Am I gonna be am I gonna be able to find a spot on the side of the interstate where no one's lights will shine on me? I don't even know. It feels like it feels like something that happens in like a Judd Apatow movie or something. <laughs> sure. Where the guy well, has the poop this and could, he's this... trying to like make his friends not know that he's pooping, but the audience all knows that he's pooping. We do all know. Well, because Cervantes told us he felt the urgent desire to do what no one else could do for him. <laughs> My taxes? Hey. Uh, and Quixote is like, okay, but I do smell you. Please step away from me. You smell like you crapped your pants, basically. Because you're so scared. So that's like a fun episode. That's kind of the whole thing. That Yeah. The sun comes up and they're like, oh, it's just like some farming equipment or something. I'm it, not even sure what these hammers are. These are wooden fulling hammers. I looked this up. They are essentially attached to, they're sort of like milling equipment. You would attach them to a water wheel and mm -hmm. you would put uh it's not textiles yet because it's not the industrial revolution, but you would put like uh, hides and other clothing, you know, material um, and it would like pound the material to like pound it clean or like get, you know, flatten it or whatever um, sure. or clean it or whatever it might be. So it's like six or seven like huts that have these fulling hammers in them. And when they get around and see them, and Don Quixote looks so sad, Andrew. <laughs> and this is when you mentioned earlier, Sancho, Sancho just starts laughing at him. I think they laugh uh -huh. together a little bit, but then Sancho laughs more. Sancho, well, then Sancho starts like 
repeating his highfalutin mm. words back to him and and like openly mocking him and then Sancho's like or Don Quixote's like don't laugh at me. They have a big fight about it. They have a big fight and Grossman notes in the uh in the translator's notes that for a little bit after this Don Quixote like the lang it doesn't come across in English but the the language, like the form of Spanish that he starts using with Sancho is suddenly like much more, much stiffer and more formal and less familiar as if to uh, drive home how, uh, how above Sancho he feels, but also how mad he is at him. (laughs) And after this, he starts saying like, Sancho, you know, you know what I know about squires is they don't talk that much. So could you like keep a lid on it a little bit more? I have never found any squire who talks as much with his master as you do with yours. In truth, I consider it a great fault, both on your part and on mine. On yours because you do not have a high opinion of me. On mine because I do not allow a higher opinion. <laughs> just some good, just some good stuff here from these two. Um, they're gonna. I think something that comes out of this, the 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 oops, I crap my pants episode a little bit Jeez. is just like doubling down on Sancho's literal dependence on Quixote, even though he doesn't want to. Like he's. He's not in a good situation traveling around with this guy, but now he's out in the middle of nowhere where everybody wants to beat them up and he has no food and water. And he has been beaten up like a good five times in the last yeah. six days. So like but probably not good to go off on your own, Sancho. And maybe we, maybe we could solve that. So in the next one, the last chapter we're going to talk about, we see a dude with a glistening helmet. Andrew, tell me about this sick helmet that Don Quixote wants. They see from afar a man re- riding a gray four-legged animal and wearing sh- something shiny on his head. Yeah. Don Quixote is made more out of less because at least in this case, <laughs> it really is a man mounted on an animal with something shiny on his head. But instead of being like a big fancy knight with a gold helmet, as Don Quixote suggests. Ah, yes. The, ham- the helmet of Mambrino. Mm-hmm. It is a man, a barber riding a donkey with his like shaving bowl, his like brass shaving bowl on his head. Yeah, because it was raining, and so he put it on his head to keep his head dry to to keep his hat from getting wet. Yes, Yes. because he already had a hat on, but he didn't want the hat to get wet, so he put the basin (laughs) on over it. I love this era of Spain. Everybody's so goofy. And it's like it describes the so this this barber you get a little snapshot of his life is that you know there are two two small villages one is too small to have a barber and the other one does have a barber so whenever someone needs like their bloodlet or like their beard trimmed you call this guy and he comes over to your village and he does it every one of these little snippets in, including Sancho's weird story they do feel like little word puzzles and it's like there's a barber who rides between two towns. And he mm-hmm. wears his hat on his head all Wednesdays. Like, what is mm-hmm. going on here? Mm-hmm. And if the if the barber and Sancho Panza leave their respective towns at the same time, going thirty three miles per hour east and twenty two miles per hour west, when will the two get smacked over the head by Don Quixote? Because <laughs> Don Quixote runs in and scares this guy and threatens to attack him and so he leaves his bowl in the ground he leaves his donkey and he runs away into the woods faster than anybody could hope to catch him without missing a beat don quixote puts the brass basin on his head 
looks and like this helmet's this is a big weird helmet it, half of this helmet's missing and it's really big that's weird about this helmet and this is definitely a helmet though well and santa Panda's like is it though is it really and i i kyote does like backtrack a little he he's like okay clearly someone took the magical helmet not knowing what it was and turned it into a barber's basin but I'm going to get a fix next village, next village we're at with like a blacksmith. I'm going to get it fixed. And Sancho Pons is like, well, can I at least have this cool donkey? Cause mine sucks. <laughs> can I level up my donkey? My mount is level one and I would like a new one, please. And he's like, no, you can't. I suppose you could take his bags. I suppose you. Well, then he ends up, he ends up getting a, getting a special dispensation to take the donkey as well. <laughs> He does like just move all of his donkey stuff onto this other donkey. And then like, no, he, he's laughing at, he is laughing at the absurdity of Don Quixote wearing the stupid bowl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Don Quixote sees him and is like, and this is after their very tense exchange earlier where Sancho had laughed at Don Quixote (laughs) and Don Quixote is like, why are you laughing? And Sancho's like, Oh, it, uh, it makes me laugh to think of the big head on that heathen owner of this old helmet, which looks exactly like a barber's basin. That's funny. Yeah. You big and idiot. That's what I th- yeah. And that's why I feel like <laughs> by the time you have to start lying to your boss about laughing mm, at him. Yes. I think that's when you become, I'm going to become the Jim Halpert and. Yes. I'm not going to quit my I job. I am going to become the Halpert. My- I am going to goof on my boss a lot to make my burden a little bit lighter. Yes. And I also the thread that I want to pick up before we is actually that's an interesting transition there. It's like he's laughing at him. He's poking fun at him. He is also being like, hey, Don Quixote, could we go somewhere that isn't the middle of nowhere? Could we go to a town or a kingdom where there are people who might need your services and they'll like reward us with stuff. Yeah, and and we'll also like build your fame as a knight because all the stuff you're doing out here, nobody's seeing, nobody's going to talk about. And also, I mean, obviously, Sancho's math here is that like statistically, every time that they charge some random person who they run into on the King's Road, they get the crap beat out of them yes. for no reason, and their food taken away and stuff. Like maybe we're in, maybe we're maybe we shouldn't be out here anymore. Go into a town, and Donkey is like, "Well, I think we should stay in this area and kind of grind a l- grind levels a little bit until I have some good stories to bring with me when I go to a castle. And then when the when the king is talking to me, they'll introduce me as the guy who did all this cool stuff, and they'll list all the cool things that I did. <laughs> and then lo and behold, we are in the middle of this grand story." That Don Quixote is telling, <laughs> which it, which involves like oh there and there will be a beautiful princess and we'll have an extremely specific and formulaic sort of affair where we talk through like the window of her room and the king doesn't want to give me her hand in marriage but he sees what a great guy I am and also probably I'm like descended from a king kind of somewhere in my in my lineage and so that'll come to light of course yes and then we will be married and my father-in-law will definitely die and i will become a king and it'll be sick as hell like it'll be great and so i'm just like well i guess if we're gonna do that like 
we should probably go do that. Like we should, we probably shouldn't just sit around here some more. I would like to be a count or a governor, like you keep promising. Yeah, where's my island? Where's my island? Hey, Don Quixote, where's my island? Give me my island. Um, and so the chapter ends with them kind of like riding off down the road, um, kind of jabbering about their famous life that they're going to lead together. This is, yeah. I think this is like the first time that we've gotten a full like beginning to end story that is ripped from a novel that uh, Kiyote read without it being like grafted onto reality. I'm trying to think. I think early every other time in the book, it's like, oh, here's a thing that is definitely not the thing that Quixote is telling us it is. Mm-hmm. But this time, it's just like, no, these are the dreams that I have. This is the life yeah, like I want to lead. He will sometimes when Sancho is like, wait, why do we need to ride around and get beat up all the time? Like, is it... <laughs> Is, is there what's what's the point of us getting the crap beat out of us like constantly and he'll like come up with this little snippet of a quote about this this guy like Amadis or, yep. or whatever his name is like he'll he'll invoke some character from one of the books that he's read and use that as an as an example of why they should be doing exactly what they're doing and nothing differently at all yep Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is definitely the longest tangent that we go off of. It, it's similar in scope to the, I had to go and find a, a used copy of this book and get it translated by some yes. guy. It's, it's, it's that depth of, of tangent that removes us from the immediate story, but it, it keeps talking about the stories that Cervantes is spoofing with this. And so I, I, I'm not sure what the, from Cervantes point of view, what the, what the, thrust is here except maybe to say this is all so formulaic and ridiculous that i could we could just like recount it and tell the story without even really having having to think about it very much yeah and i i as you were talking about the like these what is the point of going around and getting beaten up like that to me having been through that for now 20 chapters is Cervantes being like, what if someone actually tried to do this? It would go so bad. Like, <laughs> what is the utility of these heroic tales if all you're going to learn from them is how to get your bucket? <laughs> like, they don't actually map to reality. People are living lives that do not exist in these stories. And these characters do not have a function in the real world, Cervantes yeah. seems mm-hmm. to be saying. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's the close of what we what we did here today. I I am wondering I guess I didn't expect it to get so blue, Andrew. And by With all the pooping, yeah, With maybe all poop I, humor. Yeah, maybe not like blue is the right one, but you know what I mean. Brown. Gross. I just I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the like comical violence. But I don't know that I was expecting the the grotesque. Yeah, like I I guess knowing what I know about like the the lowish comedy of like certain eras of the Greek theater or yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. Take a take a. I don't know that Cervantes would have been aware of uh, One Thousand and One Nights, but certainly there is a place within the literary pantheon for some good old poop humor well there's yeah there's stuff there's some of it in shakespeare there's even in inferno there was some like references to bodily stuff and yeah your point about uh the ancient greeks is is well made because we've talked about that with older plays 
It's like Virgil once said, everybody poops. I think Virgil wrote that book. Probably. In the original Latin, and then it was translated <laughs> into English later. The the Vox Pupuli. <laughs> well. See the man who tips the needle. See the man who buys and sells. See the man Welcome to our Don Quixote Long Read Project. We This is episode four. We are going to be talking about chapters 22 through 27. We are still in the first half of Don Quixote. The first of the two like volumes of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. And uh, last we saw our heroes... There's a lot of back and forth with Quixote and Sancho about like how this particular relationship is going to work yeah, long Sancho term. Sancho Panza's get, got a smart mouth on him, doesn't he? He also got got a lot. Well, yes, he got rolled up and thrown around in a blanket and he pooped his guts out. Yeah. And he's just, he's had a, a rough couple of days. He had a, lot, a rough couple of days and Don Quixote doesn't really seem to care and uh, Don Quixote did acquire the glistening helmet of Mambrino, which is just a basin he wears on his head. Yep. And I think he, does, he and Sancho have, I don't remember at what point in their like squabbling that we get in the sub chapters that this happened. So I'll just bring it up up here so we don't have to remember to do it later. But. Sancho is like, that's just a bowl. And if you can't see that it's a bowl, then you, my friend, are stupid. Mm. <laughs> and Don Quixote says, that's just what they want you to think. He does it's, say it's that's been, just what you it's, <laughs> it's been enchanted so that to anyone else, it appears to be a bowl. But to me, it's a great helmet. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, pretty... that's pretty much Don Quixote's whole thing is like. Yes. Is just spreading rampant misinformation basically <laughs> well i he i think he believes his own misinformation he's asking you not to believe what your eyes see yes like whatever that's that true. dystopian quote is the closing section of the previous episode was they don Quixote told a, a cool story about like one day maybe he would meet a king and a king would like give him a bunch of cool stuff and let him marry his princess maybe uh-huh. and it would work out for Sancho probably too. Yeah, writing his own fanfic. Yes, and they kind of settled on, hey, maybe maybe we need to like level up and then go meet a higher like an a, an authority figure who can reward us for our hard work. Mm-hmm. We get into chapter twenty two. Uh, this little subtitle of which regarding the liberty that Don Quixote gave to many unfortunate men who against their wills were being taken where they did not wish to go. Okay. Uh, so that's the first of our six chapters this evening. Andrew, he sees 10, like 12 guys on the road. 12 guys. Yeah. And they are all manacled together and there's like two or three guards on horses, a couple of guards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Don Quixote's like, what's up? (laughs) What's why? Why is this? And yeah, what? And as, basically asking each guy what he did to get himself because they're like prisoners of the king or whatever, right? And they're yes. being marched to go work for the king somewhere. The, they're constantly referred to as galley slaves. Of course, we are reading the Edith Grossman translation of Miguel de Cervantes Don Quixote. We didn't say that up top. Excuse me. And so these guys, these prisoners. 
are going to go be sentenced to be enslaved in the galleys and they don't want to, they obviously. Don't want to, and Don Quixote's like, you know, let me, I'm, I've taken a lot of authority for myself. Let me just double check and make sure everybody, just let me, tell me what everyone did, just so I know. Because just in case he's, just in case there's an opportunity to right a wrong. Yes. So right. he checks in, I think we hear from like five or six of them. We hear right? from several guys, including one guy who says that, he was uh, thrown in shackles on quote on account of his being a lover. Is that all? Replied Don Quixote. If they throw men in the galleys for being lovers, I should have been rowing in one long ago. Well, he he's yeah, he's not a lover or a sinner or a saint. He stole some laundry, I guess. Yes. Mine was a great love for a laundry basket filled with linen, and I loved it so much and embraced it so tightly that if the law hadn't taken it from me by force to this day, I wouldn't have let go of it willingly. So he's stealing lawn, a laundry basket? <laughs> it's a little unclear. To say that he's a lover, maybe there's something in the Spanish that we're missing. And this is uh, some, some kind of laundry here. sex thing. Yeah, yeah, there might be some laundry sex things happening. Because the next one, the next guy won't talk. And the first guy is like, oh, well, that guy's a singer. <laughs> and Don Quixote is like, well, that's interesting. And they're like, no, no, no. He sung like a canary. <laughs> He he confessed, and he confessed too easily, and we all gave him crap for it, so now he won't talk. What about the guy who uh, made too merry with two girls who were cousins of mine and with two other sisters who weren't mine? In short, I made so merry with all of them, and the merriment complicated my family relations so much that not even the devil can straighten it out. Hmm. What about that guy? I liked that guy. That guy's guy. got a cool, chill vibe. <laughs> He, well, his whole deal is like he's like I'm young, and maybe like maybe there's time for me after I go to terrible prison. Like yeah, like there's a, there's a you're gonna have a lot of good years of sleeping with your cousins <laughs> to get in after you serve your sentence. He's like, please don't let me go to prison. The other guy is like, oh, I need some money. The other guy is like, oh, I'm a go between. He was trading in ears and entire bodies, they said. Hmm. I don't really know what he's a go-between for. Don Quixote seems into it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. except the part where maybe this guy's a sorcerer, and Don Quixote will not Don Quixote doesn't truck with sorcerers, because they all got it out for him. It's true. They're Um, taking all his books, and they're making his helmets (laughs) not look like helmets, and they're just generally yanking his chain all the time. Yeah, making him look a fool. The the last guy we talked to, Hinesio de Perapia, I believe is his name, Um, and they try to call him, one of the guards, he's got like a lot of extra manacles on him like he's like Hannibal Lecter back there mm-hmm. like chained because he's too good at being a criminal and he's gonna cause trouble so they locked him up good and he wrote a history of his crimes already that he plans to publish which I think but it's is not done cool. yet because he's not dead yet <laughs> no, he says true. helpfully and Don Quixote reacts like a, a normal person would he does want to like abolish their imprisonment like i i think that is interesting he does say Mm -hmm. something like well there must be other men who could serve these sentences instead so i he's not don quixote and i don't fully politically overlap i suppose but well and don quixote is 
he is a very strange sort of cop who doesn't seem to have any consistent <laughs> ideology that I can really pick out, except that you should just do what he says without really asking a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> but he is still trying to be a cop. He is. He's trying to be a cop on his own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And he says to the other cops, he's like, hey, you should let these guys go because they just don't want to. And the guards, yeah, they don't wanna. the guards say, well, we don't want to. And Don Quixote fights them, frees the guys. Sancho maybe helps. Yeah. And immediately one of them grabs a gun, the flintlock, and scares off all the guards. And then Don Quixote... It's a request. Don, Don Quixote says, go to where my imaginary girlfriend lives and pay her all the compliments. And the the guy with the long name, who at this point has kind of been yeah. identified as the ringleader of the of the criminals, says, we don't well, you know, what if we didn't do that? And then Don Quixote gets mad. Like he, he well, does. he has a good reason. He's like, we can't go to this town altogether, like the cops know about us they'll yes, find right. us mm-hmm. not no we can't yes but you're right don quixote gets mad yeah yeah and then they all end up throwing rocks at don quixote and sancho panza and stealing a bunch of their supplies and so this came up in about a million footnotes is in this edition of the original spanish there is some confusion as to when sancho panza loses his donkey yeah. Because after this episode, he both clearly does mention like getting on his donkey, and then he also clearly mentions that his donkey was stolen and he doesn't have a donkey anymore. Quantum donkey. <laughs> yeah, and it's attributed to a printer's error, but I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure why as a translator you would go ahead and preserve preserve that. <laughs> in your translation and end up doing like eight footnotes about it but that's you whatever whatever yeah i was double checking some other summaries and it was fun just to make sure i hadn't missed things because i do like i think sometimes with the language i will miss like what a turn of phrase means so it's useful for me to go back and try to read a little bit and it was fun to read a couple that were like, yeah, and then he showed up and stole his donkey. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, not in my version, not my Quixote. Uh, but then apparently in the second volume, Cervantes has like accounted for it. Like he like makes a remark. So we got to keep our eyes out for that. Sure. All yeah, I can think about, about the donkey stealing. All I can think about is like. I think George R. R. Martin had to hire someone to keep track of what horses were in his books or something. I know Robert Jordan definitely had like a person, like his wife and then one like dedicated employee who was like the continuity person yes. for his books because he Very couldn't important. remember all the stuff he was doing. <laughs> so but I guess they hadn't invented that yet in no. Spain in the <laughs> 16th, 15th century, whenever That's this was. Probably true. Um, um Don Quixote learns um, the lesson that I definitely expected him to learn from this episode, which is at the top of chapter 23. He says, I have always heard, Sancho, that doing good to the lowborn is throwing water into the sea. That's the that sucks. <laughs> That's a cop thing to say. That's definitely a cop thing to say. 
If I had believed what you told me, I should have avoided the grief, but what is done is done, and so patience and let it be a lesson for the future. You're not going to learn this lesson, and Sancho says as much. It's like, you're not going to Your gonna grace learn will anything. learn the lesson the same way I'm a Turk. <laughs> but since you say that if you had believed me, this trouble could have been avoided, believe me now and avoid one even greater. Yeah, they go on, they argue for and, a little and bit Sancho, more. And like, Sancho rightly points out, okay, we've sprung a bunch of guys from prison and made these guards mad, so they're going to go and they're going to get more guards and we're going to be in trouble now because we did a bad. Yep. And they they kind of disagree about whether or not withdrawing is cowardice or good preparation for a little bit. And then they wander into, where is this place? The Sierra Morena. Mm-hmm. where we're going to spend the next few chapters and they come across like a dirty old backpack. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a dead animal, like a dead mule or donkey. I don't remember what the thing yep. was. Yep. And then a partially rotted, but quite richly filled uh, backpack or some other kind of container. Yes. That's it's has got very nice clothes in it, a bunch of gold, a bunch of gold and some like notebooks and letters and things just a classic skyrim loot drop that we have found here (laughs) and it's got a it's got a poem about um how cruel and and if, if love is a god then logic tells us that he is ignorant of nothing teaches that a god's not cruel then who has ordained this terrible anguish that i adore says the poet in this poem mm-hmm. that they find. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then they find another letter where the, the letter writer it says, your, your false promise and my certain misfortune have taken me to a place from which news of my death will reach your ears before the words of my lament. You rejected me, O oh ungrateful lady. And he proceeds. And immediately, Kyoto is like, we got to know who this man is. I need to meet this <laughs> man. is like, we need to know who this man is. And Sancho, who has claimed the gold for himself, is like, yeah, do uh, finders keepers, though. Like, I think it's fine. And like, maybe we shouldn't go find this man because I would like to keep his gold. I would like him to keep his gold, please. Like, I was promised an island. It seems not super likely that that's going to pan out, but I could at least have all this gold to take home. <laughs> To my family. And um, then and, they and so see they the Hulk. They ru- well, they run into a goat herd first. No, right? no, no. They see the they see the scary man first. Oh, they see okay, yeah, they see a scary man like partially clothed, kind of wandering the 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 environs. Yes. And then they find the goat herd who sort of fills them in a little bit on like part of this guy's story. We don't h- hear all of it until like we get some of it told to Quixote before Quixote makes him mad. It up. Yep. And then we get some told to Quixote's neighbors who are still involved in the story on and off in a way I wasn't expecting them to. <laughs> yeah, that was still fun. Be. Um but yeah. Yeah, it's what was next. Well, I was just kind of interested the, even just you breaking it up like I kind of like this this guy we're talking about his name is Cardinio and it's interesting how Cervantes breaks up his little origin story like across three different episodes. Like we right, we don't yes. get the full version all at once, which is something I'm more used to say from like our Arabian Nights reading where it's just like, "Hi, I'm a new character. Here's my where, whole story." Sure. Well, it's like, and and there are stories that interrupt those stories. I think the Homeric model would be more to Oh, fair point. Okay. Be like, okay, here's this guy. Now we're going to hear his whole life story before we get back to the frame. Yes. And the Arabian Nights is more like 
Let's okay, get- here's a story about a hunchback, but actually it's a story about these people, but actually they have a story to tell. And that was the best that story. One. They're telling stories. Yeah, That was the best one. Um, so the goat like herd. The one with the fish. Was that this? Like the magic fish. Oh, the magic fish was good too. Yeah. We had a good time. We had a good time. Um, was, yeah. The And the goat herd is like, yeah, he was like a real cool young gentleman. Um, he did have a dead mule and he seemed kind of upset and he asked us for some food and we gave him some food and then he kind of just got in a bad mood and beat the crap out of some people. Yes. And, and then he ran just, away. And ran away. And it happened again. Like he came, he apologized. Uh, he said he would only ask for like, you know, the bare necessities. And then uh, he, he soon let us know that what we thought was true, because in a great fury, he jumped up from the ground where he had been lying and attacked the man closest to him with so much violence and so much anger that if we hadn't pulled him off, he would have beaten and bitten him to death. And as he was doing this, he kept saying, ah, false Fernando, here, here's where you will pay for the wrong you did me. These hands will rip out your heart where all the evils live and dwell together, especially fraud and deceit. And then every time this happens, he just kind of like runs away. <laughs> Yeah, so got, this guy's mad at somebody named Fernando. They've got this man living in their mountains who shows up sometimes. And, of course, Don Quixote is like, we have to meet him. We have to learn more, yeah. We have to, if, if this is his gold, we have to give it back, which is Sancho's not excited about. Um, also, the whole thing just sounds very, you know, elevated <laughs> in a way that... Don Quixote is obviously attracted to. Oh, a that's man a good point. Who read so many chivalry stories that he that he turned into Don Quixote. <laughs> uh, and so they do meet him, and they they see him in his torn leather jerkin, and they go up. And Cervantes. This, is all very, this this whole encounter, in <laughs> fact, is actually very Skyrim, starting with the loot drop. And then with trying to get a side quest from a guy, but then accidentally making him mad and like ruining it. Yes, he chose the wrong dialogue option. Uh-huh. So the Cervantes refers to him as the ragged one of the gloomy face, and Don Quixote is he of the sorrowful face. So like, and the and the I I'm not sure if Quixote's. I, I guess they're both like both Quixote and the like whatever narrator who is telling us this story has at some point after resisting it early on just kind of wholeheartedly adopted the Knight of the Sorrow yeah. face nomenclature uh-huh. as yeah his official thing. That's just what he is now. That's his handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and the uh the raggedy one is like, hey, could we have some food? Like can we just sit down and and eat? And you know, if you're really curious, I will tell you my story. But he has a rule, Andrew. Mm-hmm don't interrupt me yeah please do yeah. not i didn't want to i didn't want to interrupt you telling me uh, the rule about interrupting it's very meta mm-hmm. um and he says his name is cardinho what's cardinho's deal andrew what do you recall the opening of cardinho's deal to be so cardinho his main deal is that he is a he was once a young nobleman who yeah. was very much in love with a woman and, but there there were some complicating factors. It actually sounds a lot like <laughs> it's very it's very contrived. If somebody was telling me this story, I would assume that their girlfriend was made up and they weren't they didn't actually have a girlfriend. <laughs> but it's like me and this me and this woman, 
we had a really good we had thing a going. relationship. Yeah, we wanted we wanted to get married, but I had to ask her dad and her dad told me that actually he wanted to be asked by my dad. That was a weird twist. <laughs> and his dad doesn't like he doesn't want to ask his dad to do it because his what he like got a job with some other local noble and his dad wants to see how it all pans out first. Yes. So he's afraid of asking his dad because he's afraid he might say no. And his dad basically his job Duke Ricardo has hired him to hang out with his son Fernando. <laughs> yeah, and Don Fernando is a real piece of work. He yeah. sucks. So they sort of strike up a, a friendship, do Cardinho and Don Fernando. And Cardinho tells Don Fernando, hey, let me tell you about my girl. She's really, she's really hot and great. And we have a great thing going on. And Don Fernando hears about her and sees her and is like, she is attractive. And she's unmarried, you say. <laughs> And we already know, we also know that Don Fernando sucks because he enlisted um, Cardinho's help to like see some woman he wasn't supposed to be with due to class issues. And then as soon as he had sex with her, he was like, nah. Uh, yeah, he lost interest and then decided to move on with his life. So already Fernando's like, Ooh, oh, not Fernando. Cardinho's like, I don't know if I like this guy, but now it's my I like job. This guy, but let me let me just bear my soul to him. And yes. so he can use my own innermost secrets to betray me in some way. <laughs> I don't, at what point, because I could keep going through the, the full story. At what point do you remember, do, do he and Don Quixote... Like Don like, Quixote interrupts yeah, they, it him, breaks. So which which he was told not to do. And yes. Cardinho sits silently and then insults some totally made up pretend woman from one of the like the Gall of Amadis books or whatever. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it turns into a full on like fan forum. Imagine a Reddit fight by argument. a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so what has happened, like, I think Fernando was reading some of Lucinda's letters to Cardinho and referenced this, you know, chivalric romance, Amadis of Gaul, and you're right, at that moment, what, first Don Quixote becomes the worst person in this conversation where he goes, oh, that's a cool book, she should have been reading these other books instead, I think she would have liked these more, and uh-huh. if only we'd known each other, I would have lent you all my books. Mm-hmm. And Cardinho's so bummed that he insults a character from that book, insults a woman in that book, as you said, yes, because it's all chivalric. And yeah, they start fighting. Um, and of course, uh, Cardinho wins. And like, yeah, because Don Quixote only ever, like, he half wins fights or he wins them by accident. Like, there's not a lot. He's of- really weak to rocks. What Pokemon is weak to rock, Andrew? I mean, f- flying doesn't hold up well against rock. Um, I think ice may be weak against rock. Okay. Rock is a better, bit better of a defensive type than an offensive type. I mean, a lot, a lot of fire is weak against rock. Yeah, rock's pretty good. A lot of people just coming at Don Quixote with rocks and he I goes down Don real quick. must be a fire Pokemon because he's got, you know, he's got a lot of heat in mm-hmm. him as a person. <laughs> but he's also weak to rocks. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah. 
it's not like is he like hmm, i'm not even gonna get in the weeds on naming fire type pokemon it doesn't seem yeah. right here yeah um, don't do that sancho quixote <laughs> Sancho gets his ribs stomped in by Cardinho. Yeah, Sancho ends up uh, catching some <laughs> some crossfire. Oops, poor Sancho. <laughs> uh, and of course, Don Quixote does want to know the end of the story, which means they're not just going to totally leave. But first, first we get this like, okay, this is what, chapter 25. And Don Quixote and Sancho argue for a while where Sancho's like, why did this happen? And Don Quixote is like, well, he mocked my favorite comic book. Like, what was I going to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sancho Panza like, says like this stream of consciousness of nonsense that I think is supposed to mean like, I'm not going to get involved in fights. Do you remember that one? Where not off the top of my head. He's like, um, I say that all those who say and th- think such a thing lie and lie again and will lie another 200 times whether they say or think it that's quixote and sancho okay. says i don't say it and i don't think it it's their fare and let them eat it with their bread whether or not they were lovers they've already made their accounting with god i tend to my vines it's their business not mine i don't <laughs> stick my nose in if you buy and lie your purse wants to know why besides mm-hmm. naked i was born and naked i'll die i don't lose or gain a thing whatever they were it's all the same to me and many folks think there's bacon when there's not even a hook to hang it on but who could put doors on a field let them say what they please i don't care <laughs> Which is, Sancho's losing it a little bit. With, he like really he's losing, is. he's losing patience with this guy. And C- C- Don Quixote says, "What does the subject of our conversation have to do with the proverbs you string together like beads?" Mm-hmm. Got him. <laughs> uh, and so then, I think he he's like, "Okay, I need to I need to do what this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. I need to be out here in the wilderness." And kind of go bonkers a little bit. More bonkers to than pr- yeah. already. He, it's, he, he calls it like penance. And he is likening himself to that guy, Amelise, to Ga- Amelise of Gaul. Amadis. Amadis, excuse me. And he... Oh, wait. What? I just, I had a quote pulled up and I forgot when it was from. But it was um, when he interrupts Cardinio telling him the story. He's telling Cardinio about how he has all these books of chivalry and that he could lend them yeah. out. But he says, although it occurs to me that I may no longer have a single one due to the malice of evil and envious enchanter. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you'll recall, is what his neighbors sort of told him happened to his books that they themselves threw out the window and they walled up the room that they were in. So that, that struck me funny. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm wondering. Don't beat me up because I interrupted you, please. Don Quixote is giving me big Michael Scott energy lately, and I don't know what to do with that feeling. Michael Scott, though, had redeeming qualities that the show yeah, leaned sure. way in, too hard into. Okay, maybe it's like season one, Michael Scott. In later Scott. years, yeah, ooh, season one's rough, but... <laughs> Um, what, but why do you what what characteristics are, are making you think it was that, something about, about the like well i'm gonna commit to this bit even though i know i have nothing to back it up with and i'm just mm-hmm. gonna just say the bit louder in the and hopes yeah, let, let his confidence carry him through the fact that he doesn't know anything about anything yes and it's a type of confidence that is utterly transparent as 
nothingness and fakery. Yes, sure. Um, but if you just say it long enough that other people give up, maybe you'll make it out. Yeah. Which has not really worked for Don Quixote so far, but he's still here. He's still alive. Um, mm-hmm. He has a task for Sancho. He's going to send Sancho back to their town, which apparently is not that far away. I thought they must have... <laughs> Real yeah, I thought they, their adventures were gonna like range wider than like the village, the next like village over. Yeah, especially the way that this wilderness that they're in is described. It sounds like it should be pretty far out from uh huh anything instead of a few hours ride from where the book started, which is even funnier to me. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm gonna stay here in these mountains, and I'm gonna be like Amadis, and I'm gonna go mad out here, which is a funny thing for him to say because you know he's Don Quixote, and he's like, I need you to go back to town, and I need you to talk to Dulcinea. Um, I have more than enough reason because of my long absence from her, who is forever my lady. Oh, he's saying. Um, he might be going mad because maybe she's been unfaithful to him, which of course uh, I see. Of course, it's kind of impossible because he later cops to having only seen her maybe three or four times, and maybe she doesn't really know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, now is this where we get the first mention of like who Dulcinea yes. might actually be? Al- Aldonza Lorenzo. Correct. 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 Aldonzo Lorenzo who is like a tough tough brass lass from back home, as she is described. Um, mm. Sancho is like really into this. Sancho thinks she's kind of cool and is excited that she was Dulcinea all along. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a whole passage where he says something to the effect of like, you know, most, most ladies that poets write about aren't like real. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's to stop me from like thinking that Aldonza Lorenzo is this beautiful princess? Like, I could just say she is and love her so much, and she will be. Mm-hmm. I no, of course not. For most are imagined in order to provide a subject for their verses, and so that people would think of them as lovers and as men who have the capacity to be lovers. Yeah. So basically, yes, I invented a girlfriend, and I wrote her a bunch of songs and letters. So that everybody would think that I had a girlfriend. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, Sancho, can you please go deliver this letter to her? He does say it will not matter if it's written in anyone else's hand because she doesn't know how to read or write. And never in her life has she seen me writing or a letter of mine. So it doesn't matter. And Sancho, keeping his eyes on the prize, as always, has rung out from Don Quixote a promise to give him like three mules from his farm to yep. comp him for some of his misfortunes can i get an invoice and, for yeah, some mules and sancho's like so can you sign this uh this expense report just like saying <laughs> can you sign this saying that i got the three donkeys so that i can go and and claim them and it'll all be fine and don quixote keeps like stringing him along and I think he does ultimately relent, though, right? Like he, yeah, but it. but for a little while he's like, oh yeah, they'll re- they'll recognize my mark, or they'll just do it, or like it'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, and he they put it in like Cardinio's book or something, and then Don Quixote is like, hey, uh, before we before you go, I need you to to see me do some like mad stuff. 
I need you to see me like get butt naked and roll around on the rocks. And Sandra's like, I don't know if I want to do that. For the love of God, senor, don't let me see your grace naked for that will make me feel so bad. I won't be able to stop crying and my head's in such a state after the crying I did last night over my gray, which I think is his donkey. Yep. That I'm in no mood for any more tears. Uh, but he does. If it's your grace's wish that I see some crazy actions, do them fully dressed and let them be brief and to the point. <laughs> Uh, he does come back though and say, "Senior, your grace, so that I can swear, uh, swear with a clear conscience that I saw you do crazy things. It would be a good idea for me to see at least one, even though I've already seen a pretty big one. And your grace is staying here." Uh, and he does it, and he pulls off his pants and does some cartwheels. And Sancho, uh, it says, "Turned two cartwheels with his head down and his feet in the air and revealed certain things." I feel like if. If what Sancho needs to do is go back home with some wild stories about Don Quixote I, and his behavior, I think he's got them already. Yeah. I think you've got it with the, like, the bull helmet and the, <laughs> yep. like, flocks of sheep that mm-hmm. he said was an army and just a lot of things. I think a whole lot of things. There's a read on this moment where it's like Sancho could realize, like, I can make him do something stupid before mm-hmm. I go. I'm going to tell him I'll watch. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead, idiot. And then he goes back. And yeah, Andrew, so chapter 26, it's like we're back home again. It's very quick. Yeah, Sancho gets back there. And we, well, first we see like a little like interlude of Don Quixote like roaming around the mountains, putting bad poems on trees and stuff. But like we move on from that pretty quickly. Um and then Sancho Panza goes home. He has lost the book, Andrew, unfortunately. Yeah, with his donkey letter in it. With his donkey letter and whatever he was supposed to say to Dulcinea. There's like a little comic interlude where he's where talking. He basically rely, relays the very small and partially incorrect recounting of what he remembers that the letter said this ignorant and sleepless and sore wounded man kisses the hands of your grace ungrateful and recognized beauty uh and then something about health and sickness that he was sending her and then it just went along until it ended with thine until death the night of the sorrowful face uh he does not end up delivering this to her Mm -hmm. because the barber and the priest have a plan Mm-hmm. They want to. They, they're they, still trying to get him to come home. They're right? trying to get him to come home, and I think they're trying to like quote unquote cure him, whatever that means. Even though they don't really know what that would take. And so, like Sancho, you go outside for a second. We're gonna come up with a plan, mm-hmm. and their plan is like you be a a damsel in distress, and I'll be a squire, and we'll dress up in costumes and like gaslight him into needing our help. Yeah. And that'll get him to come home. Mm-hmm. Which I Sancho thinks is a fine plan, I suppose. I mean, it's as good as anything I've heard, <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't think that they're wearing the costumes at first when they get back to the mountains. I and think they- there's some debate as to which of them is best suited to be the damsel. Like, neither yes. of them really wants to be the damsel because... Fellas, is it gay to dress up as a damsel and get your neighbor to come home? Yeah. But <laughs> it's very yee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very 90s teen sitcom, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
But they do go, and they take Sancho with them. And while they're waiting to get to the wherever Don Quixote is, they do come across our boy, Cardinho. Andrew, tell us the rest of Cardinho's story. So, Cardinho, as you may remember, we left off where he had introduced Don Fernando to his girlfriend uh, without really thinking through yeah. that particular yep. <laughs> sequence of events. Uh. So, uh, Don Fernando is like, hey, could you go and like handle some business transactions for me very complicated transactions for a while could you just like i i I only trust you to do it and could you please just go and handle this for me for a few days and then come back and uh cardinho says you know i see nothing wrong with this let's do it and what happens while he's gone is that don fernando being of you know a pretty high station and pretty uh, rich family has uh asked uh, what's the woman's name Lucinda. again? Lucinda. Lucinda has asked Lucinda's dad for her hand in marriage, and Lucinda, n- having been worried about her marrying Cardinho and wanting to marry her up into this more noble family, of course, immediately says yes. Well, she she has a scene with Cardinho where she's like, "I'm gonna kill myself at this wedding. You better be there." This like, is, yeah, this is this is later. Oh, you're talking about her dad. You're talking about her. Yeah, I'm dad. talking about oh, her dad. Sorry, so, bad. so what happens is is uh, she like leans out the window basically <laughs> and asks somebody, "Hey, could you take this letter to Cardinio, who is over in such and such place?" And so he rides like the 16 hours or whatever it is that <laughs> that it takes. Gets Cardinio the letter. Cardinio runs back and kind of sneaks into the into the. This is the original The Graduate is what this is. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And yeah, then this is where they meet and she has this talk about how, yeah, she would, she'd rather die than have to marry this, this Don Fernando. Yes. It's, it's bad. Yes. It's not looking good. Um, And so Cardinio sneaking through the house, kind of hiding behind the curtains, doing a lot (laughs) of very weird, like Metal Gear stealth (laughs) missions. And he's he ends up in the room where this very small private wedding ceremony is taking place, and they ask uh, Lucinda if she will, you know, if she will be joined to this guy forever, and she waits a very, very, very long time, and then says, "Okay," and then passes of, like, out, <laughs> killing herself, and then passes out immediately. It was I was surprised by that moment, quite honestly, not knowing the Cardinio story, I was. I was honestly surprised that she said yes. I thought it was going to go a different way. Oh, I I thought because like we know that Cardinho ends up not married out in the wilderness yeah. raving about Fernando as he beats the crap out of strangers. So I had assumed <laughs> it was going to go a bad way. Oh, I knew it was going to go bad. I was just the the way it was told in the moment. I was legitimately like, "Oh man, she said so yes." It was a little, it was a little suspenseful. It was suspenseful. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right I didn't that. think it was going to work out. Please, no. <laughs> so uh, they get married, and Cardinho's like, "Well, I'm going to leave forever." So he puts his his cool loot box on his pack animal, and they ride off, and that's and it brings us to back to where we'd started, which is with a dead pack animal and a nice bag full of gold and stuff. Yes, and he is going to like the priest is going to console him, but right before he can, they hear a voice 
And I bet it's going to be Don Quixote. That's my Who guess. Who can say? Who can say what the Knight of the Sorrowful Face is I'm, going to get up to next? I'm not sure that we've gotten everything from this Cardinio story. There's a little beat at the end of that wedding where after she passes out, they find like her note like in her dress, like mm-hmm. presumably from if she had killed herself, like what it was going to say. Mm-hmm. And Fernando reads it and he like has a reaction, but we don't really know <laughs> what his reaction is. Or what he might do it's about probably it. probably just the kind of reaction where Cardinio is not going to be able to show his face in town yeah, it's anymore. probably true. Yeah. Um, and did you know, Andrew, that... I'm, I'm not sure. That Cardinio is the basis of what might be a William Shakespeare play. One of oh, the, one I of them, did their really know ones. about that. Yes. Well, how much, how likely do you think that is? Um, what do you think? So it was, uh, it's a play called Double Falsehood that I remember being in the news in 2010 because the Arden Shakespeare, like, publishing line added it to their Shakespeare collection. And mm-hmm. they're saying that it was written by a dude named John Fletcher and William Shakespeare, though this other guy named Leas Theobald had been, like, saying it was his for a while. <laughs> Um, and there's some scholarship going back even to the 1640s saying it was maybe Shakespeare. And then they, they did one of those things where they plugged all the words into computers in the 20, in the 2000s. Yes. And we're like, this has got some Shakespeare in it, guys. We think. Mm-hmm. We think. We think. So it's, and because it's pretty late in Shakespeare's career, it's one of those, there's a lot of the like co-authored stuff that just doesn't have the same record keeping. I think maybe it is. It seems like it could be. In terms of sure. the, it seems like a story he would be interested in. Regardless, well, I, I know that you are fairly quick to dismiss as fanciful the idea that there are a bunch of like secret Shakespeare no, plays out there. I do. I I am open to or the like I, undiscovered. Yes. Or yeah, you know what I mean. I am how I, well. I'm. I don't think that there are. I think Shakespeare was a person. I'm not interested in the Shakespeare was an amalgam of people argument yeah that's fair um but i don't know what to do with these like co-authored ones because i you know who knows some guy might have been just like shakespeare helped me write it and that's how he sells all his tickets (laughs) it seems reasonable Um, or just like shakespeare had like like a creative consultant yes like he made he like read it but he didn't like write a bunch of it yeah he's in the back of the theater going like thumbs up it's good yeah it's a good one it's a good one no notes (laughs) Um, as a William we, Shakespeare production, <laughs> no notes, Andrew. As we close out here, what's your what's your vibe? Give me a vibe check on the fact that we still haven't met Dulcinea. How do you feel about that? I mean, I am uns- We do have a name for her. Like yeah. it does seem more likely that she's a real person than a full on like girlfriend in Canada situation. Yeah, which is where we were kind of headed before now. <laughs> I do think it's extremely likely that she does not know Don Quixote from a total stranger. Like I am willing to bet that like the most likely scenarios are either she knows about this and hates it Mm. or she doesn't know anything about it. And I think her not knowing anything about it and then being surprised to learn about it will maybe be a thing that happens later. That would be my guess. Yes. I Knowing nothing about how this plays out. I don't know either. I'm I'm wondering if there's a little bit of what's in this for Aldonza 
if mm. there's if there's some moments of that. I'm sure there's parts where she's like, this guy stinks, but he seems like he would literally stink pretty bad. He too. would really stink. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Just imagine I'll, big half-naked Don to, Quixote flopping around on a mountain. Yeah, yeah. I try not to think about how everybody in these books must smell because I would not be able to get through it. Yeah. Sancho's just kind of like standing and quietly pooping. <laughs> Have they ever cleaned their clothes? <laughs> I don't know where they keep getting food from. So like that's it's, a good it's point. Like the, the innkeeper guide said at the beginning, like you just don't hear about it in stories, but they are doing it. Don't worry about it. It's true. It's true. You don't hear about them like carefully packing enough underwear, but they do do it because that's you just have to do that to be a person yeah i mean how many times have we wondered when jack bauer went to the bathroom yes right so yeah that i think you used the jack bauer bathroom example in an earlier episode of this very show yes but it (laughs) but it is still a relevant question yeah i mean he got it jack bauer got it from cervantes that's why i keep bringing it up that's sure that's true or or i mean the other question is where's the bathroom on the enterprise Mm. and the answer is that as a joke the people who designed the enterprise d mapped it out and put one bathroom in the whole ship for everybody Which is pretty good. Nerds. All right, nerds. That's going to wrap up this episode of Jagged Little Mill. If you have any thoughts on the quantum donkey, you can uh, send them to us at OverduePod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at OverduePod. This will be the combo episode. Andrew, so if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? OverduePodcast.com. That's our website. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. We'll have links to our May books up. Probably by the time you're hearing this on the main feed, they will be up already. Yeah. Um, we have links to Apple and to Google and our RSS feed. Uh, we have uh, also, we have pages on Stitcher and on Spotify and we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash overdue If you're listening to this on the main feed, you could have been listening to these sick, sick jokes. A while ago. Japes. A while ago, yeah. So patreon.com slash pod to find out more about that. Next time on Jagged Little Mill, we will be discussing chapters 28 through 34 of Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. I can't wait to see who beats his butt next, next. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you know what we say at the end of every episode of Jagged Little Mill? Don't go chasing windmills. Through the woodland, through the valley, comes a horseman wild and free. Tilting at the windmills passing, who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild, but he is mellow. He is strong, but he is weak. He is cruel, but he is gentle. He is wise, but he is meek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jagged Little Mill, a Don Quixote podcast from the boys at Overdue. My name is Craig. My name is the knight with the sorrowful face, Andrew. I'm what is the other one in this one? The raggedy man of bad luck. Uh, what is he called? Ragged one of the gloomy face. Mm. 
I don't know if that fits me necessarily. Maybe we'll maybe find I another. Need, maybe f- I need to. I need to step down to gloomy so you can have sorrowful. <laughs> That's very generous of you, Knight of the Generous, but gloomy face. <laughs> <laughs> a gloomy face, but a generous heart. Mm, yeah. Hey, you. That's you, bud. Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> I'm in this. I'm in this book, and I don't like it. Welcome.